Hello, this is Adam Began, and I'm the host of Historically Haunted Show, where I talk about some very rare historical and haunted locations that I visited. I also interview some of the very best in the paranormal and cryptozoology field. So tune in every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Paranormal King Radio Network and prepare to be educated about the unknown. Hey, historians, welcome back to Historically Haunted Show here on Paranormal King Radio Network, live again every Friday, 8 p.m. on this great network with the King. Um, today, happy Friday the 13th, you crazy bastards out there. We have uh, someone right up the alley uh, for our topic tonight, someone uh, in the same state as me, um, author Dwayne E. Cofill. Dwayne, what is up, my brother? I'm hanging out with you guys. I mean, I appreciate Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's uh, here in Thompson, Maine. It was a beautiful day. No complaints. I love that. I love that. Um, uh, right off the bat, for you people, for you folks listening, you people, <laughs> uh, Dwayne is an author, um, a part of the Horror Writers of Maine, actually. Um, I used to be. I used to be. Oh, you I retired be. from the group. He is, yeah. he is retired. That's correct. My, my apologies there. Um, he's, he's in Stephen King territory. But um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Dwayne when he was dressed as Valet, a.k.a. the nun, at the Warren Con this uh, this past October in Connecticut um, at the, the um, Ed and Lorraine Warren convention. He was dressed there as as the nun, and I came over, got a selfie with him, and then I realized he was from Maine. I've been friends with him, starting to talk with him, and he's done a lot of cosplay and a lot of stuff. So it's great to have you on um, to talk about a rather fitting day, um, like you say, and especially in Maine, being in Stephen King territory. I'm going to ask you right off the bat as I get to the chat room. Thank you, everybody in chat for tuning in. We got UFO Fred Richards, who's a UFOologist uh, from MUFON. He's out of Maine. He's checking in in chat and says, hey, I'm going to ask you a question right off the bat, Dwayne. Who's one of your biggest influences? It's got to be Stephen King, I'd imagine, but. Stephen King is my main influence. Uh, you know, it's interesting that he grew up in Durham. I grew up in Freeport. And anyone who knows Maine, those two towns were right against each other. Yep. Um, so it's also quite fascinating, too. The bullies that he had in school, I actually went to school with the kids. And then I met two of them, and they used to tell me stories about Stephen King as a teenager and a child. And I always laugh at them. I said, don't you wish you were, like, best friends with him now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, but, yeah, Bram Stoker, um, I, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I read in middle school, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, H.G. Wells, I got into it quite a bit. Um, I used to go to the Freeport Barker Library. Um, I used to check out old monster books. I can't remember the name of the books, but they were like the old movie classics like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. And it really, you know, so really, and I, I, I know I had a name in my books. I wish I hadn't knew the name of them, but 
they're uh, they're classics now. They're collectibles, and they're worth a lot of money. But yeah, it was that was my thing was going to the library, and I don't know. I was always inspired by movies. Inspired by movies, you know. A really cool story is when the Brunswick Cinema. It's no longer there. It's it's been gone. It's spread across from the uh, the new movie theater now, which has been there for a long time. But um, was playing Creep Show, oh. and it was a rerun. And it was like a 19, it was like 81 or 82 when it came out because they took it off and it came back on at the same time. And I don't know if it was a special viewing or whatever it was, the empire strikes back star Wars. And I love star Wars. So, my, <laughs> so my dad asked me, all right, empire strikes back or creep show. I'll never forget the look I gave him. Like you can't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> so over two hours of debating with myself, and I said, Creep Show. He's like, Really? I said, Yeah, Creep Show. And we went to go see it, loved it. And then he was in surprise when he take to go see the Empire Strikes Back the next weekend, but it was already gone. But um, yeah, it was like some kind of special plane they had of the movie of the Empire Strikes Back. And I remember it. And, uh, but then I saw, we saw Empire Strikes Back at the drive in, uh, God, just during COVID. And with my family, and that was that was huge. And then I saw it at the movie theater with my father-in-law Tim, who's also a horror writer and science fiction writer as well. And it was great. So I had so all those years, I was able to see it at the drive-in with my family. It was perfect. That is perfect. That, honestly, especially I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a fellow Mainer. That we have not a lot, a lot of drive-ins. We have plenty. Um, in this area, and that's definitely the uh, the way to see a movie, especially an old school movie. And I'm like you, I love my horror, but I like my sci-fi, I like my wrestling, I like my stuff that's not always about horror too. So that's tough to pick, but um, yeah, that's very cool. So you're definitely passionate about it. Um, and you grew up in Durham. I, I actually didn't know that. I knew you live in Topsom, but yeah, Stephen King grew up on Run Around Pond Road. I've been to his house next to the church that he preached at. Um, yep. I went to actually his high school, Elizabeth High School. I actually, I'm an alma mater of the Greyhounds. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. You've been to his house in Bangor? His, his, you must have been. I actually did uh, many times. I actually was dressed as Pennywise um, oh. back in October. And I actually had people taking pictures in front of the gate. And he had a red balloon. And people were just astonished. They thought I was getting paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just doing this for, because I love doing it. And so... And this was just after we did Bangor Comic at ToyCon. And so I went back in, went in my car, and I changed. Ten minutes later, he shows up. He drives into the house, into the gate. My kids, my, I have two daughters, Mal and Savannah, 10 and 11. They jumped out of the cars, out of the car, and they ran right over. <laughs> my youngest one goes, Stephen King. <laughs> and, you can, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I could have been paying us for another 10 minutes. You have seen that. That would have been amazing. I know, but did he come over? He must have, right? He he didn't come over, but it was like, but people on Twitter were posting pictures of me cosplaying as Pennywise, taking photos with them. Oh, that's amazing! So it was really, it was really cool. And so I, I that character, you know, Shelly had the mask made for me, and um, it's just incredible. It's one of the masks I can actually breathe in. Oh, no kidding! Really, pure, it's pure, pure so yeah. Pure silicone, oh. pure silicone mask. It glues right to your face. It's like a movie version mask. And oh, see, um, those are the high, uh, high profile ones. I almost ordered a Freddy Krueger one where his lips move with you. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, that would have been awesome, man. 
Uh, I'm not changing the subject. Well, actually, not changing the subject, but I actually shared a picture of you and your kids uh, in chat. And Ross, the king said, beautiful family. And you, that's just funny because you mentioned you. your kids right as I posted the picture. Um, if you're able to, I don't know if you're able to see the chat or not. It's a link on the Facebook. You kind of need a laptop uh, as well. But if, if not, we got a couple people in there. We do have a question for you. Um, Ross, my boss king, we talked to pre-show. He asked you, um, Dwayne, where do your ideas from most of your books come from? Or is it different ideas in general? There's a different ideas um, from me from my childhood. Um, you know, I also, on top of that, I travel a lot. Um, I'm a merchandiser, I do sales. I do merchandise in, in Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. I'm everywhere. And I always bring my notebook, my laptop with me. And anytime I, anytime I see a destination or an area, I write about it. I put in my notes. Um, but it's one of those things, ideas can come out nowhere. But, uh, you know, like with the eyes with them, my latest book, it was actually a, a reprint, but it's all re-edited and stuff. That was actually based on an old house that moved by, moved in to me um, when I was in high school in Freeport. And it was broken down. It was old. They moved this old house into this field. And I looked at it. I remember I walked over, and I looked it over, and I'm like, I got to write a story. And I wrote two stories about it. First was about the ads with them, and then I did a school um, article on it. I wrote a story about it called, and I call it the, the killer next door about this killer madman who has his house. And I actually wrote that in the story and I had a really cool science fiction, uh, science teacher who worked with me on it. And he actually published in the school paper and I got a double A, uh, two A's on it, you know, AA, A plus wow. for it. So, and I was really pleased with that. Wow. That's impressive. Um, Yes, oh, sorry, real quick in chat. Um, I just posted a picture of you with Kane, and everybody's kind of impressed with your your Pennywise uh, outfit. And I guess, well, well, Steve Johnson had a question, and I guess I was going to say, Steve, he's kind of answering that now, because his question was, what are your books are about? And like you say, for the most part, they are um, fiction, right? But they're based on basically what you just said. So I guess that you answered two questions in one in one there, I guess. Yes, I mean, I write, you know, supernatural vampires, um, you know, like the path is a whole different genre itself is a horror, but it's like a, without spilling the beans on it, but it's actually more of a, a creature feature, I call it. You know, see, like, like, it, and I guess it is fiction, and of course I'm not trying to like answer for you, but I feel like a lot of that could be based on real stuff, because there is such thing as vampires, there is vampire lore at least. Right. I yep. mean, everything is based on something that's an idea off something. So you do you do you focus, do you think to yourself like, okay, Vlad the Impaler and go off that, or is it more like a Lost Boys thing, or do you just, I guess... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess um, do you? I don't know. I guess do you do you look at historical figures or things that it is based on, even though it's it's spoofed off that, so to speak. I do sometimes. You know, it depends on the setting. Um, but again, a lot of my stuff comes from, you know, the folklore uh, comes. You know, my Shelley and I we watch a lot of shows. I, if she, you know, late at night when I come home, I watch shows based on history or you know, monsters, you know, one of the shows we love watching together is mountain monsters. We love watching that show together. Ooh, yes. And we, you know, we, we love that show. We were just watching it before starting this uh, podcast. And, um, it's quite interesting about some of these creatures I didn't even know about, you know? So, and really? you know, the thing about what's one of your, I'm, I'm going to cut you off, but what's one of your, what's one of your little, I mean, 
everybody loves Sasquatch and Mothman, but what what's one of your like cryptids that you like? I'm curious. I I think the cat, the cat one, the cat episode, because oh, we have boy. a cat or the yeah. cat was you know, we have Shelly has a cat named Sadie and we both have a cat together named Amadeus. And so so the cat's definitely one of our favorites. But the Grass Man, the last episode, the Grass Man was actually a really cool episode. Oh, I yeah. love this you know, I love the snow setting. How the, it was all in the snow. Yes. Kind of, kind of remind me of Dreamcatcher. Oh, I could see that. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, King, King just shared your link, horrorwriterdwaynecofield.com. Thanks, King. Um, you guys can check him out. WWW is all one word horror, H O R R O R, writer, W R I T E R, Dwayne, D U A N E, Cofield, C O F F I L L.com. And that's all one word. Um, that's cool. Yeah, the cat one's cool. And, and of course, the gas man, the grass man. Wow, dude. Um, you must be into the Wendigo and shit, too, especially being a king head. Yeah, it's just a mixture of everything for me. You know, it's. You know, like with um, another example, like my book, The Well, this is actually another childhood story. When Freeport in the early 90s was going through a drought, my dad had the bright idea of going into this, onto our well to see how much water there was. And he got the ladder. I put the rope around his waist. He goes all the way down into the well. And I don't know if he was able to reach bottom or not. I wasn't even able to see him, and he had a flashlight. It was an old well. It was The well was there when my parents bought the property back in the 1960s. And so I don't know how old it is, but I know that the land itself has been through a lot based on what I've read so far about it. Uh, but before where I was living there was a mobile home and there was another mobile home, but that was taken. And then because my dad had taken that mobile home and made it into a ranch. So, which was incredible. But uh, going back to the well, he was down there and all suddenly I can feel the ladder moving so heavily and I'm like he comes up and he's like screaming i'm like yeah what's wrong nope don't want to talk about it don't when you tell me i remember he bring the ladder up he was dirty we put the cement cover back on we didn't talk about it he has the well cleaned and everything else and he wouldn't even tell me that's the story he did he's never told anyone but i was there and it was just i kept that in my mind so and then i started working on the story of the well and of course, the world itself to me is one of my big selling books that people love. Once they see the cover of it, the hand being dragged down, um, and then the opening scene, which is uh, <laughs> which is quite a unique scene that my that Shelly doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I like dark voices. Dark voices is another example. My childhood home, my room, I had an attic door, and the way my room was was designed i had a door in each end so in order to go around you had to go through my room you know we live in a you know in a ranch house and um one night during the early 1980s when you know freeport didn't have cable yet and we had the snowy tv you know it would play the national anthem and would turn snowy tv oh, and, at midnight yeah yeah everybody you was, know they and, didn't have 24-hour television back then no nope there was no streaming devices or nothing it was just an antenna and um i fell asleep and i woke up and i remember looking over and all you see was a snow tv and also this dark silhouette started to cover the tv 
And I, I, I swear to God, I think I was going to crap my pants. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not, but if I'm not, I'm, I apologize for saying that. But oh, no, 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 you, you, you can say you fucking you shit your pants off. I don't care. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. But I was a source, so I know some podcasts you're not allowed to swear, but cool. Great. Well, my boss so, told me broke the, my first night, my first show, real quick, back in September when I first started my, uh, my after the first show, Ross, my boss goes, Great show, but I think you broke the record for most time saying fucking live broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. But yeah, it was a dark silhouette. And then I yelled and screamed for my parents. Wow. And also on the dark silhouette, went back to the snow TV. And then I can hear like something climbing into the attic. Now, the, the attic didn't have a door, or I mean, not a door, but a, a stairway. You actually had to climb on the bureau to get into it or get a ladder. And whatever happened, whatever it was, it was able to get it back into the attic very quickly. And my dad went up. And when he went up there, now this is during the summertime. It was hot and humid in Freeport. We didn't have AC, but in the attic, it was cool. It was cold. So I put that idea into my story, Dark Voices. I tell you, man, that's something straight out of Poltergeist from the TV to the site to all that. You've got me clinging on thinking I am, you are reading a book to me in a way because that, that's actually real life shit. And like you say, it, it, of course, you put your own twist on it, but some of that's based off, off your experiences or shit you've read about or heard about. Um, and Freeport yeah. is, is super old. That's an old port town in Maine. Um, you, you must have heard of the Dash, the, the ghost ship in Portland. Have you ever heard of that? I have. I, do, I, I have. I don't know the full story of it, but I have, I have heard of it. That was made in Freeport. That's where it was built. <laughs> I'm not kidding. In like no 1792 kidding. or some shit like that. And it, it was like, it was the fastest ship during like the World Wars or a civil or something, uh, 1775. And it went out for a race in Portland Harbor to race another boat to prove how fast it was. And it never came back ever. And nowadays people say they hear it and they see it in Casco Bay and shit. You know, you know, Maine's got so much lore. You can write books of Maine all day. You and me could hook up. I could show you some cool shit you could write about. And I'd love to team up with you sometime this summer or something. Dude, I am so jealous of you because I see your posts of all these cemeteries you go to. I'm like, how the F does he do that? I'm at 220 right now, man. Have uh, you ever been to Anderson Cemetery in Wyndham? Oh, dude, I'm going to real quick uh, for you guys listening next Thursday. I'm driving down to Haverville, Massachusetts, Rob Zombie's hometown, and I'm going to be on a live TV uh, podcast show. And um, we're actually going to bring that. Uh, we're going to bring that up and talk about that. because That's one of my favorite cemeteries out of all the ones I've been to and not to cut you off. But yeah, Anderson Smith in in, uh, in Wyndham. You know about that, Dwayne? I've been there numerous times. Shelly and I, we even take our kids down there because they, oh. they love cemeteries. I oh. For me, I see cemeteries as peaceful. Yes. Very peaceful. Absolutely. You know, they're there in the early 1900s, 1800s, they'd have lunch with their loved ones and bring out a little yep. basket, make a little egg salad sandwich, have some wine and go home. And that's killer. So how'd you first hear about that? Was Well, you're from Durham. It's not too far from Wyndham, but. Well, you know, I grew up in, Free I was born in Brunswick, grew up in, grew up in Freeport. Wyndham, um, I used to live in Belgrade. You know, I was married for 13 years to my first wife. Yep. And then without going into details about that, that. She left me for a high school sweetheart after I took care of her from when she had a stroke. Um, so, and I was on the single block and then I eventually met the kid's mother um, and then we separated and then I moved to Belgrade and then online, I, I met my future beautiful wife, Shelly. And life. then, 
Yep, she is awesome. And she's a teacher that helps kids on the spectrum. So she she, she taught me about behaviors and what, you know, what she's learned in school. And, but she can't talk about kids, you know, because of their confidentiality. Yeah. But what she's taught me about the behaviors and stuff. And so when we were getting serious, I'm like, well, I moved to Wyndham. She had, you know, we had a nice apartment complex her parents own. So we moved to Wyndham. And I remember doing research on cemeteries and I saw like, oh, Anderson Cemetery. So we went to go check it out. And it's quite interesting about the history of that, you know, about the knocking on the on the actual crypt. Oh, Mr. the Anderson crypt. He died on his birthday. Yeah. And if you knock on it, it knocks back. And yeah, right across the street is the Anderson home and there's tunnels underneath. And they found a fort from the 1700s, I guess, recently there. Oh, wow. That's cool. Dude, right across the street. Yeah, it's a historical marker, and I ended up talking because I go. I went there a lot with with Chris Sanders, uh, one of my friends from Itonic Crew, and uh, the guy came over. Actually, I was there by myself the day, and he told me he goes, "I live across the street. I take care of the cemetery a little bit. We shot the shit." And he's like, "Yeah, there's tunnels." He goes, "We just unearthed uh, an old fort from Indian uh, Native American, French Native American War, or whatever it was." And uh, yeah, that's killer. You found that and you checked it out. It's such, and it's what a mile, maybe not a mile, but probably about 300 feet off the road. There's no sign, dirt road. You couldn't even see it. It's there from the road. Right. But it's such if a you, little spot. Yeah, you go down the dirt road and it opens up into this field, and then the cemetery is right there. And you know about the knocking, dude. Wow, killer. Yeah. All the, yeah, the knocking on the sound. And, you know, I've gone there a little bit at night by myself. Um, yeah. but then of course, then I get the hell out of there because a lot of people are doing their thing, but it's always fascinating. You know, you take pictures. I know there's one thing about, and I, I'm sure, I don't know if you, I'm sure you know about this is that I, you know, you take pictures with your cell phone, but you take pictures with a Kodak, you know, with a Kodak camera with film, you can actually better see better orbs than you can with a cell phone. Yes, and, I've heard that, and I, I tend to think you're right. I feel like cell phones kind of have, not only the cell phones also have a little bit of a, a time lapse, not time lapse, yeah. but like a little bit of a, but yeah, I think the clarity is better. And then you know what's funny? Um, I, ha I had the picture and it's gone, but I caught a rod at Anderson Cemetery. You know what a rod is? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, you're going to get, no, people don't, uh, YouTube it. Back when I went down the rabbit hole looking up black-eyed kids and shit like that, like years ago. Yep. A, a rod is it's it's dude it's like an alien flying centipede it's like a, a foot long centipede with a bunch of little legs and it goes like 80 miles an hour and people have caught it by airports and shit and i caught one clear as fucking day it looked like a flying centipede about three feet long and i can't find the picture which sucks but that was at anderson where people are known cars are known to be windows are put down and left running and people are are, are here see mist and of course the knocking and shit like that so yeah uh, yeah anderson smith dude for as far as i'm concerned in, in new england besides salem that's probably one of the best burial grounds there is in New England, in my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny how you mentioned Black Eyed Children. I'm actually writing a book about that. Oh, um, that's killer. I want to get into your books too. We got about we got more than a half hour. We got plenty of time. But Charles Morton, thank you for checking in, my friend. He's got a question. He wants to know, does uh, Dwayne, where do you actually get your costumes from? Do you just order them? Do you make them? A little bit of both. It's um, I'm on, I'm actually on the chat room too. I signed under Dane. That's me. Oh, um, I shared the picture of you as Nosferatu just now. Yeah, yeah, Nosferatu. Barlow from the original sounds lot. Yes. Um, oh, that's right. The mask. That's right. that's right. The mask itself is for the Barlow mask is actually from Deaf Studios, and um, it's they 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 don't own the name itself, but it's under a different name. But Deaf Studios, it's a latex mask 
Um, I might be wearing it tomorrow when I do the celebration version uh, three in Lewiston. But I wore it in Bangor Comics to work on. I got the hands. The actual outfit that I wear was me. I put together myself. Do you fit Bob? I try to find what he was wearing in the movie, but it's just hard. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to put it together myself and make it look nice. And it looks great. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a nice, it's a great mask. Yeah. Um, the mask, you know, a lot of people were like, <laughs> like, dude, you look great. You know, I, uh, I love you announced for us. I'm like, I'm doing Barlow. <laughs> from Sailor oh. Lot. But, you know, but, you know, the idea comes from Nosferatu. Right. But it's the Salem's Lot, the original. Because, of course, there's two. But right. the first Salem's Lot, right. And now that you say that, I see that. But it's got the Nosferatu fang type look. I just shared the picture of you and me. Um, you was Valak at the Warren calling me with my Lizzie Borden shirt, and my Annabelle doll freaked out. I had no idea it was a guy, a girl, an old man. I don't know who the fuck you were. And I've been hit on as people thought I was a girl. I mean, I, I've done, I did an event. Um, yeah, I mean, I had, it was an event called Halfway Con years ago in Bangor, and there's a character named Morty who's pretty popular up there. It's part of Shane Grant's um, film company. And he looked over and he was talking to the promoter, Will. And he goes, what's her name? You know, she looks pretty hot. And I was wearing a different ballot mask at the time. And Will's like, uh, that's a guy. He's like, no, it's not. He goes, it's a guy. And so I had my picture taken and I was in character. And he just kept looking me over, checking me out. I'm like, if you're going to check me out, dude, at least, you know, take me out to dinner first. No, buy me a drink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm a guy, you know, but, you know, it's like, and I let my wife just kind of laugh about it. But yeah, it's uh, going back to the question with my costumes, you know, the Pennywise costume, it goes to Party City. Party City makes awesome costumes. So for anyone, Party City, I've done the Split Halloween. Yeah. You know, I've done the, I've done the Tim Curry costume and their costumes ripped very easily. But if you go to Party City and you do those type of costumes, the quality is very good in my, you know, from my experience. That's cool. That's good to know because uh, I've fucked up and I've ordered a couple of things online and it, it looks great and you get it. And it's like, what is this shit? Freddy Krueger looks like <laughs> Peterson from next door. <laughs> but but <laughs> tell, your wife, tell your wife who said hi too. We get to meet her at the Warren Con this year. She's one of your big backers. She goes to all the. You're also like for those of you listening, we're, also, we're talking to uh, real quick. We're talking to author um, Dwayne Cofill. He's also cosplay. Um, he also um, I, I, I I just I guess a horror fan really when it comes down to it um i want to go off topic because that's what i do here i don't like to do straight bullshit well, not bullshit but you know what i mean i want to go yep. uh, make it personal um what's your go-to for tunes man what's one of your favorite bands or what are you what, like your top three or four favorite uh artists you know i love jewish priest oh. acdc metallica and i get up um you know i i'm 48 and i'm 48 years old even i grew up in the 80s but i love you know a lot of today's music but i love rob zombie too um, I guess, you know, and Christian Oman, Shelly and I saw the Kiss concert last year in Bangor, and it was a great concert, too. That was awesome. But, um, that'd be great to see them. God of Thunder, man. God of Gene Simmons, God of Thunder, when he's got the oh. blood coming out of his mouth. I was like, my the hairs on my arms were just oh, jump started. They were just like high, and like, yeah, this is what's all about. I mean, it was just crazy. But uh, I, you know, I listen to like movie soundtracks. I like one of my favorites is the Invisible Man soundtrack. I love how the music is played. And then I have the Conjuring soundtrack with Josh, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, Joseph something. It's right there. He does the soundtracks for the Conjuring movies. 
Ooh, he has all okay. the music, you know, and, but, um, yeah, I mean. <sighs> you a vinyl guy? I was, what's up? You vinyl? You listen to records or do you? I have a record player. I, we actually have a Christine nice. version type of record player. Love that. And, you know, so, you know, we have records, CDs. For my most apartment, when I'm doing writing or I'm doing editing on my books, I listen to it like Amazon Music with my headphones. Um, so, but yeah, it's a different variety. I mean, then there's times where I'm in that lovable mood. I'll put the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack for my wife and I. <laughs> <laughs> man. There ain't nothing wrong with some, uh, what do they call it, Bobby McGee or whatever, you know. <laughs> when I get stoned, man, when I, when, I get, when I smoke some fucking weed up here in Maine, I well, you know, you're in Maine too, but when I smoke my weed, I like to listen to uh, Credence Clearwater Revival and, yep. you know, Pink Floyd. But I'll throw on some Insane Clown Posse or fucking uh, White Zombie too, because why not, right? Which, uh, real quick. I do want to give a shout out. Uh, one of my favorite bands, my newer favorite bands, um, the lead singer uh, committed suicide a couple of days ago. He passed away of mental illness. Um, the Black Dahlia murder, which is actually the Black Dahlia is, is someone who did get murdered. It was a, a female actress. This band yep. named themselves the Black Dahlia murder. And he passed away, Trevor Sternard, at 41 uh, yesterday. One of my favorite. That vocals. sucks. Yeah. That um, sucks. Mental illness one on that one. Like I said, everybody. Um, Check on your, your people. Check on your friends, man. We all need some help sometime. So, uh, but getting back to it, um, we're talking to author Dwayne. Dwayne, let's let's run down some of your books. I want to promote you so people listening. People are saying that this is a great show. And thank you, Steve Johnson, Charles Morton, Joy Mello, King, uh, Dwayne. We're missing uh, Dane. <laughs> we're missing a couple people in chat tonight, but I, that's fine. It's going to be recorded, uploaded to Spotify on YouTube tomorrow. But let's talk about some of your books, brother. Let's promote some of your shit. Let's talk about uh, where people can get your stuff and all that stuff. Where do you want me to start from my first book to the last yeah, one? Let's start, yeah, let's run them down, and and uh, and at the end you can talk about where people can get them, or even now if you want. But let's run down the titles and stuff. Uh, the first one I'd have to go to is Curse Darkness. Uh, that was a, you know, it's about John and Tracy who lived in a town called Tucker Falls. It's actually a fictional town. I'm like, you know, Stephen King's got Castle Rock. I said, screw yeah. it. <laughs> Wayne Coppola can have Tucker Falls, and and actually Tucker Falls is based out of Lisbon, Lisbon Falls. Uh, parts of Durham. If you go down to downtown Lisbon or Lisbon Falls, um, you see all the, the how the town is, how the mills used to be there. Remember that? I don't know if you've ever been there, but it was that I, I, one. Yeah, the Moxie store right across the Rumble Mills, man. They tore it all down. I heard there was aliens in that dam. I heard someone followed a truck from Area 51 to Lisbon Falls, and there's aliens in that fucking dam. Well, with the Indescribing River, man, anything was possible. Three eyed yeah. fish. You know, which is like a classic from the Simpsons episode, and yeah, you know, but they had, to, but then they had that one that one lane bridge. They used to be there. That was all torn yes. down and re updated. No. That's in that's in the that's in the that's in the book Curse Darkness, and mm. you know, so that that was a fun story. That's a really that's actually my online bestseller. That one sells. It just I don't know. It's it does really well at Comic Cons. Young you know young readers. You know, it's a good book. I mean, there's a lot of killing and there's some gore in it, but it's really more about character building. I mean, that's how it is with my books. My characters are everything. You know, I want to make sure make them believable. You know, they're dealing with their own conflicts. Not just about yeah. it's not just about killing the monster so outside. It's about the internal conflicts that characters have, either with each other or like you know real life problems. And I and I feel that's how I like to try to connect with the audience. I give you know I give some details to the characters in terms of physical description. But I really want the reader to create the character and visualize in their own way what this character looks like as well. Oh, very so, cool. So, for Christian, so, 
So it's really about a, you know, a dark cloud that goes over this town that has this curse, this history. And these two teenage characters try to find out what happened, what's going on as a murder happened. And this mysterious drifter shows up and they come to find out he has a connection to the past, to what's going on. So, and then my next book, I mentioned Night Beast. Night Beast was actually my very first novel um, I've ever written. I wrote it back in high school in 1990. It was written on an 18T21 electronic typewriter, which I still have to this day. <laughs> For those of you and, millennials, that's something. Google typewriter, kids. <laughs> you, know, you still have it, brother? That's a fucking I saw, I even have my old brother word processor from the, 90, from the 90s as well. I actually wrote the, uh, the first script of the Ads with map. Wow. So I, that's all in my, my office, and I, I stick to my roots. Just like, remember where you came from. Absolutely. And uh, Night Beast is, was a great story. It's actually based, you know, the house is based from my parents' house. I really exaggerated a lot of it. You know, I, it was an inn, and, you know, it was during the storm of 93, the winter storm, and, you know, this character knocks at the door, and he goes, may I come in? And he's covered with snow, and, and he comes in, and gets welcomed to the, into the inn. And then from there, all these different tones take place. There are some there are some sites that people might recognize from the Freeport area that I've mentioned uh, throughout the book. Um, that I don't know if it's still around today, but when I that book was written like three different times, you know, it was updated. Um, so, but it's a really cool book. And then, of course, with Nightbeast, a lot of people were asking me if there was a sequel. Well, to let those readers know, there is a sequel in the process and a third book as well. That's been that's in the works. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta catch up. I gotta. I'm more of a hard copy guy because I love having my shit to read it whenever. Because I, I don't trust electricity, so I gotta get some hard copies of this shit and have you sign it. Because listening to this stuff, especially where you're pinpointing main places, I gotta admit I haven't read any of your stuff yet, and I gotta because I'm slacking and I love reading books, especially in the wintertime. I gotta get some of your shit. So could people get hard copies of this? Do you bring it with Absolutely. You? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they really want to know a lot about me, and I can, I can refer to you to Amazon. But the only thing about Amazon, it's, it's complicated. Because, you know, some of my old work is still around and Amazon. Um, but, you know, I would definitely probably go to my website, HorrorWriterDwayneCoffle.com. Um, so, again, HorrorWriterDwayneCoffle.com. Um, horror, like not like a like the girl from Lisbon High School. <laughs> horror, horror, horror movie, horror writer. You know, for those of you, because a lot of people listening, and I mean, I, and I, God bless you all, but it is hard to spell some things. So it is www. And this is all one word, all lowercase. Horror writer, Dwayne Cofield.com. Um, get a pen, H O R R O R W R I T E R D U A N E C O F F I L L.com. Um, Horror writer Dwayne Cofield, he's on Facebook too. Check him out. But go ahead, man. I wanted to give sometimes people they'll message me after the show going, What the hell was that again? So I wanted to <laughs> Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram as well. So Perfect. but uh going on to the next book. Um, you know, I so I did, you know, Curse Darkness, Night Beast, and then the Well. Uh the Well I'll, I'll mention as well, the third book. Um The Well was a great story. You know, the cover itself was actually um I work with a, an artist named Betty. She's from Yugoslavia, and her and I worked on the cover together. And um, I really, you know, explained to her what I wanted. And the cover itself, you know, if you able to see it, you know, has a hand being dragged down into the darkness. And I absolutely love that. So oh. really deep, I want I wanted the scratch marks to show, and I really wanted, and I the people see that in the Comic Cons, they're like, shit, 
I want that book. Yes. You know, that lets your imagination go wild. Where, where is she yep. going? Who's pulling her? What's going? That's what I love about some of the old school like like horror movies. They don't really show the gore. They kind of let your mind explore explore where the gore could go. I guess so to speak. And that's kind of yep. what it sounds like you write about. You kind of you make it, but you let the reader determine really in their mind what's happening. Does that seem right? It it is. You know because I would you know I'm not a fast reader. I used to be, but I don't know if it's because my you know getting older. Um, I also work a lot too. I work my day jobs, as you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, I would love to be a full-time writer, but it's not realistically, it's not happening right now. But I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. I'm on this awesome podcast tonight, so I am oh. all smiles. Dude, you know, really, you, you, I'm like, I'm like, you mind coming on? You're like me? And I'm like, oh, come on. I, and I love it when people get so humble. They're like, why do you want to talk to me? And I'm like, dude, look at the shit you've done. People need to know about you. And the best part is, is it's, it's, it's as much as this is obviously to get you promoted. It's honestly just kind of get to know you as a person. And that's what I love about these shows. I always end up coming out with, not always, but more, more of the times a friend. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to get to here is to get to know you as, as, as Dwayne, because you, you really, made a spot in my life when i went to that warren con dude like i didn't know i mean i knew people but then i saw you and i'm like who the fuck is this cat and then I found <laughs> out from him, i'm like how the fuck do i not know he's in my own world i gotta go hook up with him so um i want to touch a little bit too i know we're on your books real quick but i want to talk about something that i love a lot and i know you love is wrestling how long have you been into wrestling pro wrestling for since i was five years old i used to watch it on saturday night um with my dad we used to watch it on Six oh five until eight oh five, and <laughs> oh you know, God. oh my God, dude, it was you know here it was. You know, if, I don't know if you remember it or not. WW, well, WWF at the time used to have their shows on Saturday mornings. Yep. And of course, on the Saturday morning programming, we we I remember seeing Hulk Hogan defeat the Iron Sheik for the WWF Championship. Now it's WWE, but yeah. and then and I was like, I'm like, that's awesome. And I remember, and Chris, you know, you had the NWA. You know, you had Jim Crockett. But on, on NWO, they used to just call it Saturday night, sitting there watching all these different wrestlers. And Christian, my favorite was Magnum TA. I'm like, this is a guy that looks like Tom Selleck. And this is a guy that's going to be world champion. And of course, unfortunately, he was in an accident. Yeah. And I, 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 I you know, we have the uh, Peacock, you know, Shelly pays for that and I pay for the other stuff. And, you know, we watch, I just got done watching WrestleMania Backlash uh, yesterday. Oy. And, you know, I don't care for the undisputed Roman Reigns having both belts. I think they should have kept the belt separated. Um, they would give more of a true man. Like fucking, and they've been throwing Roman not to cut you off, but they've been throwing Roman down our throats for fucking years. And I'm glad Ronda got her belt back. But Jesus, dude, no, I agree, dude. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I got to. No, it's okay, man. It's okay, man. It's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I just felt like you know it eliminates opportunity when Cesario was not even given a championship. Ooh. I was like. This is a guy who is so popular. How can you not make him world champion? No, but yeah, you know, it, it's just you know he just you know it's a social section. I mean, you know, Vince McMahon's always talking about getting over. I'm like, this guy is over. I mean, Daniel Bryan when he won both belts in 2014, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he beat Triple 20, H, that's right. Yeah, he beat Triple H, and then he was in that Triple Threat match. You know, WrestleMania 30, and of course, you know, my, the sad part is that The Undertaker lost. I uh, got beat by Brock Lesnar, you know, 
But I haven't watched that yet. That's the one wrestling <laughs> I refuse to watch. You're like me because you said before the show that Undertaker is your favorite. That's my ultimate. Of course, how could you not be in this field and, and love the Taker? But when he lost to Brock, dude, I fucking cried. I shut it off and I have never watched that WrestleMania yet. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and then, and then the little games get done, the little games where, you know, I think it was at WrestleMania, WWE 2K14, if you defeat you the Taker, the Undertaker, you get his old outfit out. Uh, you know, it's just weird seeing him getting pinned. But now, you know, with WWE 2K22, you know, it's a great game. And um, it's just, you know, I, I had the Xbox Series S that my father-in-law bought because I bought him one for Christmas. And then he bought me one just because he loves me. And, and that was the first game I got. And I got the NWO edition. Ooh, again, you got to get, gotta get Hogan Nash. You got Eric Bischoff, you know, Easy e and... So it, it, it's, 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 it's such a fun game, you know, and then I got the X, then I got the Xbox game pass and a couple of my people I work with, it's like, dude, you gotta get that. And we'll be 22 was there. I'm like, shoot, I don't have to pay a hundred bucks. I was like, I'll just pay $14 a month. And, you know, and then I got the Lego star Wars deluxe edition, you know, Skywalker saga, which is freaking awesome. Hey, Star I mean, Wars, not. I love that too. That's killer. I mean, it's dude, I was just find shit like this. It's it's cool to be. You're, and that's one thing I gotta admit about you, dude. You're very passionate about the things you like. That reminds me of me. And you're not braggy. You're not being. You're just. You're very excited to talk about shit you like, dude. I admire that. Thank you. I, it's just yeah. It's just so much fun. It's just you know. It's positive stuff. We need more positive stuff in this world than negative. You know. Fuck, say it louder for those in the back. I tell you. Um, King asks you, which I know, of course he would, AEW or WWE? King's an AEW guy. He loves Britt Baker. You know, he loves uh, he loved Cody. Uh, Cody's a little overhyped to me. I don't, I can't see him beating Seth. Not as Stardust anyway, so that's bullshit. But, but King wants to know, what do you prefer if you had to, AEW or WWE? I'm WWE, and I got a tattoo to prove it. He knows that. I got a WWE that's, tattoo. That's a great question. Um, you know, WWE's got storytelling and they know how to tell a story. You cannot argue with Vince McMahon. Um, but with AEW, you know, they offer pay-per-view type matches on television like WCW used to do. Oh, it's quality um, shit. Oh, yeah. It, I'm not saying they suck. I just, yeah, I agree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, that's, yeah, okay, I that's okay, man. No worries, man. <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about, we're having fun, so it's cool. Um, you know, with AEW, you know, they're, they're wrestling figures. I mean, I collect wrestling stuff too. And, you know, their figures are incredible. I mean, they're, I mean, it's a little expensive, like 22 bucks. But, you know, the, the freaking box, the details of the box, I mean, WWE, same thing, you know, with Mattel. Um, they're, I mean, the, the merchandise is incredible. I think I like both companies. To choose one over the other is hard because they offer different, they have a variety of offers, you know. Right. King goes, great answer. I like him already. Okay, I'm a Bears fan to change the subject. Chicago Bears. Ooh. I hate the Green Bay Fudge Packers. But <laughs> but if we don't have the, the if we don't have them, we don't have a rivalry. So I respect right. them and I appreciate that. Does that make sense? So I appreciate you. I love the competition because it makes the ego fuck. Step up, guys. Competition. Right. Competition's money. It's. It, I mean, I think without WCW challenging WWE and Monday nights, I think I think it would have been the same old boring storytelling. I think it would have been a whole different story. We won. Yeah, but WC, you know, but the NWO helped out. Eric Bischoff's like, you know, we're gonna take him on, and 
it was, I mean, that was Monday Night Wars. You can't, I don't think it will ever happen again. TNA couldn't do it. TNA had a good, TNA had a good roster, but they were just too soon. And AEW, what's up? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, dude, there's nothing. You're right. I tell people, the Monday Night Wars, you grab popcorn, and as soon as it went to commercial, you went to the other brand to watch them knock on the other brand. And every Monday yeah. Night was just a big fucking finango, and it was pretty wild, man. You grab your popcorn and get ready. That's Here's crazy. a question for the wrestling fans out there. Who is the best merchandise and the best draw between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan? Oh, boy, that. Who is, this is for, the, for anyone who... And, you know, I've seen Hulk Hogan once in person in Portland, Maine, at the Cumberland County Civic Center once, live show. I didn't meet him, but he walked by me and I touched his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget, it was him him and Piper taking on on Sid and Flair. And I remember when Hogan came out, the freaking crowd popped. I mean, Portland, you know, I don't feel been. And that's not the Civic Center anymore. They call it the Cross Insurance Center. But the the place was, like, unbelievable. You know, it was such a great show. But then I've seen... But then I've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've been to Worcester. That Monday Night Raw, when he came out with his music, freaking the whole place shattered. I've seen Austin in Portland. Um, I think the those two individuals... It's tough. You know, that's a tough one. I mean, I know some people feel that Bret Hart carried the roster. You you could throw Shawn Michaels. You could throw The Rock. You could even throw Taker. But I think Stone Cold and Hogan were the top two. Stone Cold carried the 90s. Hogan carried the 80s. Boy, that's a tough clash. And then John Cena. I think John Cena really carried it from the Stone Cold era. But, you know, The Rock, 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 I, I have to throw in there, too, because The Rock carried it, but you know, for guys who stayed in the company and didn't leave for any reason, you know, Rock was like almost there, but then Cena came in and I think Cena really took it over. I mean, he was a guy that was loyal. He did it for so many years. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, he, it was just incredible on Cena. And I met his father at uh, one of the shows, independent shows, and he was such a nice guy to talk to. I mean, Big Time Wrestling used to have those shows in Augusta at the Augusta Civic Center. And I met that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Big time wrestling. And I, I met Rick Flair there. I met Bret Hart. Um, you know, it was, it was just one of those things where I think Cena to me, you know, show loves Cena, but his promos are incredible. I mean, so I think all three of them are there, but now you look at, okay, who is the top guy now for WWE? You know, is it going to be Cody Rhodes? I think Seth Rollins has been pushed down a little bit. Yeah, and I think chance, then, I feel like with injuries and shit. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, yeah. With Roman Reigns, you know, he's got the it factor. I mean, I like Roman, you know, but I know I just read a report. I don't know if it's true or not because it's wrestling news that he signed a part-time contract. So yeah, no more, you know, no more some small shows, which means he won't become up, come up here in Maine. For a show, well, which I, I, I saw a thing saying that he he's got a new adventure in his life and he may not be right. back or something. Yeah, and uh, I feel like yeah, I, dude, all, everything you're touching on. I know this is off subject, but yeah, especially with wrestling. But that's all. Um, 
yeah, you're making a good point because it's all it's all true. It's all carry the ball. John Cena has carried the ball, and now they want Roman. And is Cody good enough? I'm not sure. Not quite yet. It's so funny. I, I could talk wrestling for another fucking hour. Um, yeah, um, I, mean, I, might, <laughs> yeah, I saw Hogan in them. I actually saw Macho Man when he beat uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan to be the king when he was Macho King. That was in Portland. I missed that show. I was sick. I was going to go to that, oh, but I missed it. That as a kid, brother, and I get to meet the Berserker and Boss Man that show. Yeah, I've met a lot. I saw. I saw a savage defeat the Undertaker when he came out supposedly out of retirement. Yeah, it was uh, during the <laughs> And I'm like, and it was like, oh, coming out of retirement for tonight, you know, because Warrior was supposed to show up and take on the Undertaker and he no show. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. Warrior. Warrior was supposed to show up and take on, he didn't show up. And so they have Savage coming out of his retirement and Savage rolled up the Undertaker. He hit him with the elbow. And Taker kicked wow. out. And then he rolled him up and he pinned him. I'm like, like you shit me? I'm like, <laughs> no. He's undefeated, you kid, you know? <laughs> oh. But, you know, it was, it was so cool, man. I mean, I saw... I got to bring you to some live events together. I went to Bangor and met Ron, and we'd have a blast. I actually do, you know what, real quick, off subject, I went to Newburyport, Massachusetts. I went to Cemetery Road and saw John Cena's fucking house. It still says Cena on the mailbox, brother. He's like, hey, dude, I'm your brother. <laughs> yes, you gotta go out. I tell you, man, I, I, you know me. You follow me on Facebook. I creep to some crazy shit, and I think you get some great. I think you get some great inspiration. Not trying to say that you need to use. I need to use you, or you need to use me. But I think, as far as going back to your books and all that shit, aside from wrestling, um, the Bodenham Witch, the Witch in York. There's so many witch things you could write about. There's so many things we gotta hook up just to have a fucking fry and a beer or something. And you can watch me smoke. I, I, I am all for it, dude. I would love that. Oh, that would be great, especially in Freeport. There's like uh, the Wolf Neck State Park, which reminds me of a lot of Pet Cemetery, which was filled in Acadia National Park in Maine. But yep. um, yeah, we got to do some Stephen King shit. Um, I showed the picture of you and your wife and your your wrestling attire, your your belts and the two sweet sign. We got a good 10, 15 minutes left. We can go a little bit over. I want we left off on the ring, and then my ADD took us to wrestling. So um, what do we got after the <laughs> ring, and what do we got for the future as far as books go and writing? Well, we looked, we did uh, Night Beast, The Well. Um, we touched up on Road on the Path. You know, the cover itself was something that um, I worked on, but also worked on an artist uh, from England, and she was awesome. She did That's the well, so cool the path. To reach out overseas, too, and do that. Uh, Absolutely. I, you know, it's, I don't care who they are, where they're from. It's, you know, it's, if it's going to give artists um, money, and it's going to get help them out, and they can do a great job, I am all for it. So, and then from there, the path, and then, of course, Darkness. Actually, I did that one. Dark Voices. You know, Dark Voices and the one that was actually done by a friend of mine, Fox Chapman. And he did the cover and we worked on the editing together. And this is the question I get asked, you know, do you have editors that do your work? And I said, I do have editors. Um, oh, no but shit. sometimes I do have editors. But the unfortunate thing is editing has gone up so much since COVID. I mean, I used to be like a thousand, like maybe twelve hundred dollars to have a book. Edit depends on how long it is. Now you know it's kind of gone up to two or three thousand dollars because people have to make a living, which is understandable. But it's you know, but I use software like Grammarly for writing aid um, for my editing, and then I just read the story out loud. If it sounds good, it writes good. That that's the one cool thing, man, about self-publishing my books is that I have full control, and if I want to go back in there 
10 years later, I was like, okay, I'm going to have this professionally done. I can do that. I just had a lot of bad experiences with some publishers with the exception of Grand Skull Press, who, when I was in charge of Horror Resume, which was a group I created in 2011 and retired in 2018, uh, my first anthology was called Northern Flights. I was the, the founder and president of Horror Resume, and the vice president at the time was David Price. And David hooked up with uh, the edit, with um, with Grand Skull Press. They worked on the cover, and it was Michael Evans, Michael Evans, um, and they did a great job. David edited all the entire book of Northern Flights, and of course, you know, not too long after that, after we promoted it. I was like, it's time for me to leave. I did what I wanted to do, and of course, without getting into other stuff, I just I wanted to move on. I wanted to make it my more family. Event, you know, so I clear, so I came up with the idea of the whole letter Dwayne Coffer brand, and I wanted to become more of a family brand and uh, a business, and people love it. So it's a lot of work, but you know, I created the logo itself for the whole letter Dwayne Coffer. Um, people were kind of worried that I was like, "Well, you're kind of making yourself like one dimensional." Like, well, you know, the one you know, whole letter Dwayne Coffer brand, you know, is great. There's this huge umbrella. And, you know, the fascinating thing about this, you know, then I can add on my other books. I mean, I have a suspense novel idea that's finished. It's going to be editing. And people, you know, suspense is different. It's challenging because, you know, I love movies like Copycat. Copycat's one of my favorites. You know, Kiss the Girls. You know, and my mom. You know, my mom. A good movie. Yeah, my mom loved, you know, suspense books and stuff like that. And, um, but so, yeah, it was one of those things. And then in high school, I, I wrote a, a science fiction story called Space Plant. And it was a 20-page you know, story, wrote it longhand, and people liked it. So it was different. But horror is always my main theme. It's my love. It's, my, it's the rose. It's the blood within my heart, I guess. Oh, I you know, it, it's the darkest that lies within me. And, <laughs> you know, so, and then my, and then the last book and I, is the eyes with them. Now I have, I have it up on Amazon, the eyes of them, the cover itself, the, the house is real. Ooh. Up in Augusta, Maine, I always tell the story to a lot of people. The cover, the house is from a nurse's station. It used to be a nurse's, where the nurses would stay for the, uh, for the patients. And when you walk along the river, of course, they got no trespassing signs there, but I walked along the river, public, you know, public property, but on the land itself by the house, you cannot enter. Um, a friend and I went walking, and when I was like, you know, I was like, I wanted to do a cover. I wanted to redo, you know, where I want to do the eyes with that. And I was looking for a house, and I saw this house, took some pictures of it, and then um, the color is red with black. That was done by me. The eyes, the face overlooking the house, that's, that was done by me. The logo and everything else was done by um, an, edit, uh, an artist that I knew. She did all the work. And, but it's on the house itself, on the far right window, you got like this two windows. There's one that's fully white, and there's like a person looking out. And then in the middle, someone pointed out to me, there's like a child and a woman behind the child and the second to the left, so like second to the left window. So, but the one in the far right, there's like someone without the face is gone. 
but you can see that like a circle like the head and they're looking out and but every, you know the lights on the mom you know by the basement and all that was done by me you know but that those two things were taken one photo had them the other photo didn't so i'm like i'm going to use them in my book for the cover and the eyes of then is my number one book right now it sells like crazy when the minute people know about this story and know about the history of this house i mean supernatural is my number one i love supernatural i have another supernatural book i'm working on um it's a lot different let's just say i'm gonna i'm doing something like the conjuring universe the conjuring universe has all these different characters that's what i'm doing now Wow. you know well, i i look and, and i look you know me and when we met when we met um tony you know at paracon i talked to him you know, I was talking to his ballot. <laughs> yeah, so you know, and you and Tony's kind of giving you the gunpoint or whatever, and he's like, "Oh." You know, and I was talking to him, and and I was asking him, and then we met the owners of the Conjuring House, who were very nice, and um, and I know last time they were selling the house. So, but I've always been fascinated with supernatural. You know, for me, the nun when I saw the nun, of course, the ballot kind of knew was actually a real demon based it's on a real, a real demon. demon. Chapel in Europe, yeah. In the 1700s, yeah. a nun that was possessed, supposedly, and they gave her an exorcism and shit. Yeah. I, was, I, I talked to some people, and they said, well, it's not really based on a true story. Go, well, Google it, because it says it is. And I've done some research. Valak was a real a nun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, uh, real quick, Charles Morton, a long time ago, or Joy Mello. I think it was Joy Mello. Um, so they asked a question, if you ever thought about paranormal investigating yourself, which it kind of seems like you more or less kind of do. Like I do. I don't use instruments. I don't have spirit boxes. I just go in, and talk. And it sounds like you looking for places is kind of investigating to an extent. Well, my wife and I, you know, Shelly and I go through, we have a psychic. We go through a medium that we, that, that we do a video call with. And... Very cool. You know, and one of the coolest things was my dad came through. Aww. And my my with my mom who passed away back in January. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna be doing I remember that. I saw the Facebook post and my thoughts are with you. I've been through that. So I my anyway, go ahead. Oh uh, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you know, she talks about how we have spirit guides and I believe in the afterlife. You know, I, I God to me is everything. He's the number one thing in my just from my own my own beliefs. I'm not trying to impress this onto anyone else, but my own belief is God. I love um, that. Because looking at you, you'd think, oh, this guy's demonic, but you can still love the dark side <laughs> God, bro. I mean, right? I mean, I, I mean, you know, people go, you're Catholic or you're you're spiritual? I go, yeah, it's because I chase those. I mean, I'm a Satanist. People thought, and I've been criticized for being a Satan worshiper because I write horror fiction. Um, I have had Christians, other Christians, have criticized me. So one said I should die on a cross like Christ, and wow. I should suffer. Um, there are motherfuckers out there that, that kind of make it bad for people like us. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, crazy, it's, brother, but Jesus. You know, and I, and I always say to them, and I said, you know, and I always mention a quote to them, I said, love thy neighbor. Love your neighbor, love thy neighbor as you would love yourself. You. I said, also, God, it also said, God says, do not judge. And, you know, unless you can judge yourself. And I don't judge. Everyone has free will. We all make our own decisions, and that's how I look at it. I, I, my heart is open. I love friends. I don't care who you are, what you look like, where you come from. To me, you know, if you're, you know, if you're good to me, and I try to be good to you, and we connect, you're a good friend to me. I just, I open my heart up. 
your face radiates positivity. You're always smiling. You and your kids and your wife are just you. And you love to dress up. And you're a good dude. And I'm fucking so glad you came on my show. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We, get, we can go a little bit over. We got about a minute left. We can go a couple minutes over. I've been talking. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do, man. I'm cool about it. No, Thank no, you so much. I appreciate the compliment. I, say, uh, I appreciate you coming on. But keep going. No, you got time. You're good. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I have, and I have some friends who don't believe in the, in the God or devil. And that's their choice. But I love them to either way. You know, that's. Amen. But, um, but, you know, to be judged by people, you know, who, who worship Christ, I always ask them, so what have you done for other people? I don't believe, you know, I, I've been to church and all that. I'm not a big fan of pastors or preachers yelling and screaming. You know, I've been to, um, when I used to live in Belgrade, I went to a pastor who was in Sydney. He was like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was a Baptist. <laughs> he would just talk. I mean, it was like, he was just, he was just simply talk and it was nice. And I love that. You know, he didn't try to force the beliefs on anyone. We all make our choices. We speak on our actions. Like, you know, I do things for people. I try to do things for people, but I don't talk about it on social media. It's for me to enjoy. So, you know, that's, and I know we're kind of going off subject and I'm sorry about that, but. I just want people to know where I come from. I'm very open. Oh, no, don't be sorry. Dude. This is, this is, it's an hour to promote you. It's not about me. I mean, even though I'm talking, it's about you and to promote whatever you want to talk about, man. Absolutely. And I, and I love that because people don't talk enough about, about that stuff. People think it's not cool to, to love spiritual share of God. I myself want to talk to my mom again. I myself want to find out and not think this life was for bullshit. And we're just going to be worm food bullshit. Our souls are going right. to go on. And if you don't believe it, like you say, more power to you. But same time, man. Oh, man. This brought us closer. I want to go fucking see you tomorrow. You're going to be in Lucent tomorrow, you said? I'm going to be in Lucent with my aunt. Shelly and I will be there. Um, we're doing uh, Celebration Version 3. It's oh, uh, run by Michael Andrew. I'm from... in New Hampshire right now, but I'm driving down to L-Town. You got to be there, man. You, you, you almost were going to make it in Portland that time. I was uh, like, you got to be there. I know. Well, right now, I don't want to get personal, but my mom passed away, as you know, three years ago. Right. Um. Long story short, uh, to my listeners and for those of you that give a shit, um, we're selling my mom's house, and I'm gonna actually. I've been, um, I've been, phew, I've been uh, homeless for three years. I've been living in a car and an RV with no power. I'm at my friend's house in New Hampshire, and uh, we sold my mom's house, and I'm gonna get a pretty good chunk of money to get my own place. So I'm gonna have my own place next week. I'm gonna have my own trailer, and I'm gonna be uh, not living out of my car anymore. So I'm gonna have a chance to do more shit. <laughs> so it's been a see my friend, blessings. Yeah, many, many, many. You got this, man. You got it. You know, it's. Oh, I appreciate you know, that. Not, yeah, we met with it's a tough. the other day, and I was like, "Oh boy, I just want to get rid of this house." She died pretty much here, more or less, and unexpected three years ago. We've been renting it out. Long story short, COVID, everything else. I just want my money. I'm gonna get a pretty good chunk, and I'm gonna get a yurt or an RV or a trailer, and I'm gonna start doing more shit and going to more conventions and seeing my friends. So I, um. I promise you, unless I literally cut my arm off tomorrow, I'm going to be there, brother. I want a selfie with you, and I want to see you. Yeah, I mean, I'll bring my uh, I'll bring my Barlow outfit with me. I'll bring this up with me. <laughs> what, what, and, uh, for, those, for those of you in Maine listening, what time is all this tomorrow? Promote it, brother. From 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's at the Ramada Inn in Lewiston. And uh, so I'll be there with Shelly. She's actually the president of Whole Letter Doing Couple. I'm just the, the guy that, the face of the company, which is kind of scary, but She's actually the president, and she represents, you know, in, in going as Barlow. But, you know, just going on something. One of the coolest and weirdest things going as Pennywise oh. was when I dress as Pennywise, I always have kids come up to me, want pictures taken with me. And to me, you know, for me, that's the greatest joy. I love making people smile. 
people want to take pictures of me. And I always asked if I charge. I said, I don't charge. I would never do that. And, but and I used him by my table and said, like, oh, by the way, I'm a whole letter. Like, like, oh shit, you're a whole letter. Oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. but it's always a weird, it's always a weird fascination with kids, how they come up to a sinister clown and they want to take pictures. So, or a nun, or of a... right. The nun, I mean, Barlow was like, dude, you know, some kids were scared of Barlow and oh, then they want to do a couple of, I mean, I last year at Porcon Maine, I did, um, Art the Clown. And Art the Clown received a lot of mixed reviews. So, you know, I mean, Art the Clown, I, you know, I watched Terrifier. I freaking love that movie. Terrifier. You know, you know, I mean, we're, I mean, the outfit, the mask, I mean, the mask itself, I actually got from Party City. So, and, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, you seeing people smile, taking pictures with them, dude, that's, that's more than selling a book. That's, Endless. That's priceless joy to me to be a character, to be someone else. I mean, if I was born in the 1950s, my dream job would be in the Hammer films. I would be. I would want to be. I would want to be the monster. I would want to be the Christopher Lee, or you know, I don't. You know, I know Peter Cushing was a lot of times was the opposite, but I love to be the Boris Karloff. I would love to be the monster. You know, I think oh. the monster in horror films are the main characters. I wouldn't want to be a star and actor. I would be like I want to be like Robert England. I want to be like Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, you know, um, and then uh, what's his name? Ari. Uh, the kids just met him. Ari. The Leatherface. Oh, uh, you know, Gunnar Hansen, the original Leatherface. Oh, he died in Maine in Harborport. Yeah, the original Leatherface. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, to be those type of people, to be in the character outfit, you know, the makeup, I would I would rather be that. Then the star Mike Myers. Then, I mean, people know some of them, but no one knows Mike Myers, but he's famous. But you're the guy behind the mask. That's pretty cool to me. I like to be that. That would be you're like you're popular. You're the guy. But oh, real quick, I know we're running out of time. We're gonna go soon. Um, we got like about a minute left. But um, also, too, Dwayne did meet Kane Hart. I met Kane Hart too. Uh, he played Jason Voorhees in many of the. I think he's played him more than anybody. Um, Dwayne, real quick, want to give a shout out or when anybody can reach you before we take out. Yeah, my, my website is, is Um There's a contact form there. It has all my books, all the pictures of me doing the cosplays. Um, also, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter. On, on Facebook, you can reach me on horrorwriterdwaynecoffle.com on the Facebook. I'm also under author Dwayne Koppel. Um, you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram, and I would love to hear from you. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm actually contemplating. People have told me I shouldn't. I'm thinking about writing my first book. And if I have any questions, you'll be the one I'm going to go to. What's stopping you? Uh, just myself, I guess. Once I get this place, once once I get that, that you know, $70,000 check on my hand next week and get my own trailer and get my life adjusted, um, I, I can settle down more. Right now, it's hard. But I'm going to get there, and you're going to be the one because you, you're a great dude. Charles Morton uh, says, great show. Steve Johnson in chat. Joey Mello, King Ross. Um, thanks everybody that listened. Thanks, Dwayne. I'm gonna have to have you on my vodcast so I can see you in costume one of these times. The visual show. I would love that. I would love to be in costume on a, on a podcast, video podcast. Which character oh, would, would you want me to be at? Yes. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss you after the show, or if not tomorrow, because I'm kind of buzzed right now. I'm down two beers in a joint. So, um, <laughs> you two beers in a joint. Well, have fun. Have plenty for me, man. <laughs> you gotta mail me those ones you got for free, by the way. Um, but yeah, I'll have you dressed up. I did, we, gave them, we gave them away. We gave them to uh, a friend of ours. Well, the, the I know, two joints. We, we gave them to a friend who's helped me with the cosplay stuff. We gave them to, and then you gave it to other people and they smoked them. 
I love that. Um, <laughs> you fucking uh, Dwayne Cofield, D U A N E, not D not D W. I know there's a lot of Dwaynes out there, D W A A Y N E, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, but yeah, we'll have you and you will have your, your fabulous wife on the vodcast for visuals. We can see you guys, you guys can set up and maybe you can choke her out or something on camera. <laughs> Which character would you want to be as? Oh boy, give me some time because I don't know. I love him. Well, oh, boy, it'd be valid because that's how I met you, but. Boy, I don't know. I love Pennywise. Shit. I'll have to think about that. Let me sleep on that. Um, Absolutely. We'll get the hard copy up tomorrow. This will be on Spotify. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Historically Haunted Show every Friday here on Paranormal King. Um, Dwayne Cofill, thank you so much, my brother. It's been a pleasure. It's, this hour flew by. Um, shit, I wanted to thank ask you, my you, friend. what's your favorite go-to for food? Or, uh, like, what's your favorite, uh, like, what's your go-to? Barbecue, pizza? That's my, red Baron pizza. We love Red Baron pizza. I make it, you know, I cook it up for my wife. Um, you know, Red Baron pizza is incredible. I actually yeah, have that. I actually have that in my M- MLB baseball game, uh, Red Barons. You know, Red Barons after the pizza. I have a baseball Ooh. team. He's a, He's a big <laughs> so, gamer. Yeah. You know, and then we just, so we were just all going tonight. So. I love that. I'm a Tombstone guy just because of the name, I guess. But Red Baron's killer, too. Um, I remember Red Baron and uh, Snoopy, the old song on record. Um, They're kicking me out. Dwayne, good talk to you, brother. We'll have to get you on next time, all right? Thank you again for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, uh, have a good night. God bless. And I'm going to fucking see you tomorrow, and uh, you better believe it. I swear to you. Absolutely, man. All right. All right, man. Take care. Have a good night. Uh, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. Historically Haunted Show, Paranormal King Radio Network. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week. Stay blessed. Bye-bye. Hello. This is Adam Began, and I'm the host of Historically Haunted Show, where I talk about some very rare historical and haunted locations that I visited. I also interview some of the very best in the paranormal and cryptozoology field. So tune in every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Paranormal King Radio Network and prepare to be educated about the unknown.